Hi, and welcome to episode 203 of No Crying in Baseball, the thumbs up episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my thumbs up friend, Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Giving you a big thumbs up. I'm all thumbs up. I'm trying to be, it's a good, we're in, a, in the long weekend, so good what, mood. What's good mood. not to like, right? right. It's, it's the middle of a long weekend. We record on Sunday. We had day off yesterday. We've got a day off tomorrow. This is bliss. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about it. And then Tuesday is Rosh Hashanah, which is not really a day off for me, but it, I don't have to work. So in that sense, it's it's better than work, let's say. It's yeah, better than work. Better so than work. many things are. So many things are. Hey, what have you been up to? So on Friday night, because you were busy, we brought somebody else to the Nats game who happened to be a Mets fan friend and we thought that would be a nice thing to do go to a friendly baseball game together and there was sort of like and that the Nats were playing the Mets that yeah night. yeah so that was kind of the key um and it was you know pros and cons so we were up in our usual 400s area and he was texting with a friend who happened to be down in the 100s so who said there was lots of room around him and I remember having issues doing that in the past because sometimes they just don't let you down there but we just walked down we just walked past the guy waved did they say, the oh, you must be potty mouth from No Crying in Baseball. That, Where would you like to sit, <laughs> ma'am? Not quite. But actually, this was like the seventh inning. And at that yeah. point... They stopped caring. The, yeah. It was the Nats were down two to nothing. And they had been for a while. I think the Mets scored early. So our Mets friend was sort of like basking in the glow. And then... When did they they pull up? It was it must have been the bottom of the ninth, yeah, because it went into extras, and so the Nats tied it up, and we got like all enthusiastic and demonstrative in our glee and stuff like that in front of him, and he kind of looked a little bit gloomy at that point, and then the Mets, of course, came back and won it in the tenth. And he said to us, the, the worst fucking part of it was he said, it was worth it to see you guys get your hopes, hopes up just to get them dashed again or crushed again oh, or squashed so or something mean. like that. See, I was yeah. always like feeling favorably towards him. Yeah, and now, nice guy, but. I mean, I mean, <laughs> he, he did bring a beer last week, which was, and I say us because I showed up at your house and drank the beer that he brought for you. <laughs> no, he's a lovely guy. He's a lovely yeah, guy. Just a little. Has Everyone a little has a flaw. Of, Everyone mm -hmm. has a flaw. Yeah. Sure enough. Hey, so um, Jose Ramirez, who is a former boyfriend of mine from the guardians i just want to make a quick note about his grooming oh he's got a necklace that i am so excited about it's so crazy his necklace he has gold chain that he's had for a while and now it's a pendant on it that's actually a picture of himself holding his chain <laughs> it is so freaking meta and i love it and i think that's hysterical this just makes me so happy and now I don't know if what I want is a necklace of Jose Ramirez holding his necklace, or if what I want is a, just a necklace of me saying, look, I'm a champion, I, I, am, I am a star, and you can tell by my jewelry. I don't know, but it made me happy. There are options. There are definitely there options. There are so many options. On today's show, our boyfriend report features Qhar, Chipotle, and junk. Our COVID report overlaps with some labor issues, the way things do. Our police blotter is a doozy. We've got minor league flooding and donations of multiple kinds. We've got thumbs, predictions, girls baseball, and another first. We're going to start with Qhar. Although, actually, Patty Mouth, do you want to tell our friends about what boyfriends, what we mean when we say boyfriends? Sure thing. We're going to be talking about our baseball boyfriends. So anybody who's new, these are the guys that Patty and I pick in the off season. We each pick one guy per team because there's something special about them beyond the field. We connect with them in some way. 
And then we make our fantasy teams out of them. We gotta make some cuts. And every year we have to pick new guys because that's the way we keep this show going. So um, we like to report on them. So that's what we're gonna do now. And you know, because we've had so many over the years, we might be talking about present boyfriends or former, but not ex. They only get cut off if they do something bad. That's right. And it doesn't happen too often. Thank you. So um, my Nats boyfriend this year is Andrew Stevenson, who we um, have given the joke nickname of the CW to, because if you've seen him, you would say, isn't he that guy from that show on the CW? <laughs> because he kind of is, especially if I may just say, if you've seen Outer Banks, he should be on it. I'm just saying. So we have this stat called QHAR, which is quality hair above replacement. And we Andrew Stevenson is known for having this mullet, but you can't see it during the games because he's always got his cap on or his batting helmet on. So the question is always, does he still have the mullet? We don't know. Yeah. And he's been, he got booted down to AAA for a little while. So I was sad. And so he was off my team. And then... The Nats surprisingly sent down Victor Robles to AAA Rochester, and they brought back Andrew Stevenson, which made me excited. Like, please take advantage of this opportunity, right? So he did, in fact, he has been taking advantage of this opportunity. And the game that you actually went to, he scored the tying run on Friday to send the game into extra innings. And in the past seven days, had a 1.4 OPS, which is like crazy good. But the important part about that scoring is his batting helmet flew off. And everyone got to see his mullet. And yep. Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post actually wrote a story for the Post called What's Up with Andrew Stevenson's Mullet. It's like Jesse's in my head. That's great. Right? So he actually wrote a QHAR story. And the important thing about the mullet is he had long hair when he was in college. He cut it all off in the minors because, you know, they, they were told, okay, you know, grooming is important. You need to, like clean shaven and mm. whatever and also also his wife wasn't a fan of the long okay. hair so okay so a lot of things but during quarantine it's like well what the hell yeah let's grow them all up let's go ahead and do that and apparently his wife was like oh okay it's not so bad and it turns out that austin voth who's a pitcher on the nance actually cuts his own hair and he was roommates with um with Andrew Stevenson, and so he he is the one who cuts Andrew Stevenson's <laughs> mullet. So I'm just saying, oh, so great. as long as his wife still approves, the mullet is here to stay, and it totally is affecting his QR. And as long as he's got, like, a, a barber on call, that's a pretty good deal. Well, yeah, he was asked. He was like, okay, so do you use, because, you know, um, major league teams have their own barbers. You may or may not know this, dear listeners, hmm. but, but teams have barbers on call. So you can get a haircut there right at the ballpark, and uh, but he doesn't need that because he can get a haircut in a hotel room at an away game if he wants to because nice. Austin both is going to take care of things. All right. I just want to give another shout out to our friend Ho- uh, Ollie. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm almost done with my beer, Ollie. Ollie for the, the QHAR label of, you know, naming what we've been talking about for a long time. Um, I have a boyfriend not with the QHAR, though, who I'm going to talk about. Yoshi Tsutsugo I had chosen last year for Tampa. I think it was last year. Shit, I should have looked this up. It, it should have Nobody's been two Nobody's going to check. It, it must have been well, two days ago. Okay, now everyone's going to check. Yeah, everybody looked this up. I think, I think I actually picked him two years ago because last year was a fake year. Like, it was so not... But we didn't know that going in. Yeah, and actually, by the time I get to the end of my notes, I might figure this out. But anyway... <laughs> Tsutsugo. I had picked Compelling him. Compelling reporting, once Very again, right. by No Crying in Baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. I had picked him because, and this part I remember, I'm going with my own memory banks here. This is scary. Um, because he was a superstar in Japan, and his signing was a really big deal with the Rays. He signed for two years for $12 million. He had had crazy home run numbers in Japan. 
he that did not transfer. He actually had a pretty crappy season with the Rays, not doing much. He was traded to the Dodgers for a player to be named later. And he was with them for just 12 games, and then this past season, so this is just this this recently, got sent down to the minors, got released, picked up by the Pirates in the middle of August, and I was oblivious to all this, so my apologies for not keeping up with my boyfriends better, but the key is that since he's been with the Pirates, he's like been cranking. It's been that Tsutsugo that the Tam- that Tampa had wanted when they signed him. He's only been with them for 13 games. Well, actually, it's at 14. It's probably 15 by now. And by the time you guys listen to this, it's going to be more. But I have the stats for 13 plus my realization while I was watching baseball yesterday. 13 games, he was batting 333, 1.424 OPS. And so of his hits... This is the funny part. Two of them are doubles. One was a triple. Five home runs and one single. <laughs> so, and, and out of that, he had 11 RBI. Um, and then at that point, I was scrolling through Twitter and noticed that yesterday he hit another home run. So I don't know what it is now, but he's obviously liking it in Pittsburgh. And the funniest part is when he was um, asked what he thought about being picked up and going to Pittsburgh. He said, is there Chipotle in Pittsburgh? I'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) It's good to know your needs. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. If, if we have uh, Chipotle for Tsutsugo, he's going to be okay. And just a little bit more about his background. In 2017, I didn't realize this, he was the MVP of the World Baseball Classic. Or maybe I did say that when I talked about him originally. Who the fuck knows? But Somebody knows. If, if you guys remember, then you are a good listener. Yeah. Um, one other little, little boyfriend tidbit that I have is Jose Iglesias, who I picked for the Angels. It might have even been this year. Was it this year? I don't know. I don't know. I really need it's to. It's hard to keep checking my own boyfriend because there's 30 <laughs> so of them. There's 30 of them plus previous boyfriends. Yeah. I, I know I picked Jose Iglesias because he had, I had really liked him when he was on the Red Sox and I do this kind of like transfer thing. But unfortunately, he was just released. And Joe Madden phrased it in, I don't know, he like, this is the good thing for him because they weren't, they didn't have space for him. He wasn't going to get playing time. Why string him along when somebody else could pick him up? So we're going to release him. That's how it was phrased. I don't know. I just feel kind of sad for the guy, especially because he was replaced by junk. <clears throat> Literally. He was replaced to make room for junk. His name is Jansen Junk, and he's a right-handed pitcher. And I hope he throws better than junk, but Iglesias gets ditched for junk. Is um, There's got to be headlines out there. Yeah, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Say, um, the COVID report's going to suck because there's a mm-hmm. lot of it, and it really runs the gamut from big to small, from league to individual. First, um, I want to note that MLB ha- now has, the league as a whole, has a mandatory vaccination policy for the league office, people who work for the wow. league itself, not for teams, but for the league, and for um, MLB network employees. Hmm. And they, they just installed that, instituted that on Wednesday, so just this past week. Um, that is on top of a couple of teams. We announced the Nats and the Astros before, and now the Cubs and the O's have added. To, they, they are now requiring non-playing staff. Again, players, that has to be bargained with the Players Association, with the union, but they can make these decisions for non-playing staff. And those four teams and MLB as a league have done that. 
So, okay. So the Red Sox, um, I'm sorry to tell you, are up uh, to 11 players holy on shit. the COVID list, mostly over the past week. Um, you should be happy to know that um, your pal Franchi has got called back up from the minors to replace Danny Santana. I went. hope he does well now. He has this uncanny ability of just rocking it like crazy doing well in AAA and then the moment he comes up it's not. So, so that's actually one of the things that's happened you know, with, with Andrew Stevenson. About, yeah. And so Interestingly, these terrible COVID numbers are really um, providing additional chances right. for guys in the minors. Like we always say, it's when you know they get called up when someone goes on the injured list. Right. And now it's also the COVID injured list. It's not just you know I pulled a hamstring or I've got an oblique strain or whatever. It's you know it's it's the COVID list. So these guys are getting this extra chance. So it's a terrible yeah. reason, but you know if you're going to get up there jump on that yeah and for, for the red sox i mean it's it's like cannon fodder is the shitty part because yairo muñoz who we, i talked about a couple weeks ago he had a crazy streak going at triple a they bring him up and like two days later he's on the COVID list like it at least get your shit together before bringing new people into the situation right Yes, um, the Red Sox are one of seven teams that are that didn't make the eighty-five percent vaccination level. That's so sad. It's, it's so sad. It's so sad. And here's a couple of here's a couple of things. Okay, it's going to affect the postseason for a couple of teams, right? Um, the timing of when someone tests test positive could be really crucial. I mean, mm-hmm. like the Red Sox are playing, you know, understaffed right now. But yep. can you imagine if they get a wild card spot and then this would have happened? You mean when they get the wild? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> if it had happened then, I yeah. So I mean, so that's that's actually it's it's a pretty serious thing for a lot of teams to consider. And as you know, you know, other teams are getting you know breakthrough positives for people who are vaccinated, and but the vaccination number limits the number of players you're going to lose because if someone comes down with a positive test and their close contacts are mm-hmm. vaccinated, they don't have to be gone for days and days. But if they are unvaccinated, they're out for at least a week, and so it really does affect the team's ability to play. And that's when it gets so depressing. Like that that fact that the Red Sox didn't meet the threshold. Chaim Bloom, the the GM, is obviously very upset about it. He's and it's out of his control, right? But this is this is the team that saw what Eduardo Rodriguez went through last year yeah. with this horrible heart condition that he had because of COVID. And and he was like barely walking when we talked about him last year. I mean, thank God he's been pitching really well this season. I hope that's not, like, giving people a false impression of how to get over it. But, you know, he went through so much. And for his teammates to not be vaccinating is so fucking depressing. My only, like, ray of hope of sunshine, of course, is Kike Hernandez, who I love and adore, my original Dodgers boyfriend, who's now luckily with the Red Sox. He is vaxxed, and he does have, like, that spirit that, I mean, this this team is going to need a lot to keep them going. But apparently when he was, you know, on his... Um, what do you call it, quarantine in his hotel room when he couldn't leave and stuff, he zoomed in with his uniform on and sunglasses to give the team, like, a pep talk. God, I love him so much. Because he's just awesome. But, you know, the rest of them, you know, fucking get your act together, really. Yep, yep, yep absolutely. The Washington Post asked a really interesting question that I hadn't thought of is, will vaccination status affect decisions about borderline players? Like, hmm. if you're moving into the postseason and you're deciding, right. are you going to call somebody up? Are you going to keep the guys you have? Do you, does that enter into it? 
Like if some if if two players are playing equally and one of them is vaccinated and one is not, and you've only got room for one, is that going to give the vaccinated person an edge? Because we don't want to risk right. losing you and the six people that you're in close contact with in the postseason. Interesting question. They're not going to have to say that that's why the reason is what the reason is, especially if you know if if these players are in fact pretty equal in a lot of ways. Um, the Cubs. The Cubs. David Ross, the manager of the Cubs, and the president of the Cubs, Jed Hoyer, both turned up positive on Friday. They are both vaccinated. Um, Their close contacts are having regular testing. Um, The club as a whole has instituted um, more mask wearing and trying to reduce the time together in the clubhouse um, Hmm. to kind of, do they really want to nip this in the bud? Um, And that's, interestingly, they announced their rule about non-playing staff having to be vaccinated a couple of hours before these guys tested positive. Wow. So that's happening. Um, We reported last week that the Nats and the Astros had both announced that, you know, they were requiring their non-playing staff to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But here's a couple of interesting things about it. Um, There will be no health benefits available to fired unvaccinated staff because they violated team policy. Like, you know know how, like, when when you leave, you often do a Cobra or those, Mm -hmm. none of that's going to happen because these guys, they they knew what they had to do to be employed and they chose not to do it. Um, For the Nationals, um, they've passed the deadline to show proof of vaccination. So anybody who couldn't, any, all unvaccinated staff is on administrative leave and they have until um, September 15th. And if they're not vaccinated by then, they're getting fired. Wow. So they're not, messing around. And among those are Bob Boone, father of Aaron Boone, who's been an executive with the Nats for a very long time. Aaron Boone is vaccinated. Aaron Boone's got a heart condition, but his dad refuses to get vaccinated. So he's losing his job. He would rather leave than get vaccinated. And two scouts are also on that list of having said out loud, no, we're not going to do it. We'd rather leave the organization than get a shot that's proven to prevent people from getting sick it and dying. It blows my fucking mind. I don't get somebody being that obstinate about it. Especially. And that's selfish. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, hey, so Johnny Bench, um, Hall of Famer, Reds catcher Johnny right. Bench, who's 73, also just tested positive. He is, in fact, vaccinated. He said his doctor told him that if he, with his current age and condition, had not been vaccinated, he would be hospitalized Wow. right now. So he's very, you know, get out there and, 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 and be vaccinated because look how much worse this could be. He's mm-hmm. very sad because it means he's going to miss Wednesday's Hall of Fame yeah. induction, but he's making the right decision. Yep. A related piece of on the COVID news is Oracle Park, where the Giants play, they're, um, they're concession workers, they're food concessions workers. There are about a thousand of them that are represented uh, by a union and over 96% of them on Saturday voted to strike. Um, one of the wow. reasons is 20 workers this season so far have come down with COVID. Oh, my God. They can't directly prove it was because of the, the conditions, but it very well could be. They've also wow. related us, and no joke, I mean, they've had no pay raise in three years. So there's there's that as well. But they've said that we are not protected when we're on the job. There's no shields. The, no one enforces the mask mandates when when customers come up to the, to the counter. Wow. Um, we've got to do it, and then they just make fun of us and mm-hmm. don't do it anyway. Um, they are employed by a contractor that's hired by the Giants, but the Giants could have a lot of influence on us. They could say, you right. need to do this, this, and this, or we're, you know, we're going to terminate your contract and hire somebody who will, in fact, take better care of the workers. But the Giants are sort of 
brushing that off and saying, well, um, the, uh, the, the service that we contract with is in negotiations with the, you know, with, with, the, with the bargaining unit. So they're working that out. So the giants are staying out of it as opposed to saying, no, this is important because a lot of those staff people have been there for decades. They used to work a candlestick. I mean, wow. they've been there for 30 years, some of them. And they're getting, they're getting, you know, the crap end of the stick. They could walk at any time. Who knows, by the time you hear this, they may have already walked. If it were me, I would walk right in the middle of the Sunday night baseball game on ESPN. Really? That's that sounds like a plan. And one thing, the Giants could hire staff to enforce masking. Like that the concession staff should not have to deal with that shit. That's right. There should be something institutionalized that the Giants should be responsible for. Security. Yeah. yeah. And of course they're not the only ones. I mean, this is yeah. the repeat this in wherever. Repeat right. this in the school system. Repeat this in any other baseball yep. facility. Shit, I feel like we're on like a downer here. I get to introduce the police blotter today and I am I am so fucking depressed by this one. In in our early days of this podcast, we both used to listen to the Jonah Carey show before we started. And actually like one thing I was excited to do when we started our show was to write to him and say, "Hey, we're doing this too." Like, like you've inspired us. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did. He was, he had a fantastic baseball podcast and he was a great interviewer. And I felt like I connected with him on so many things. He was a Jew from Montreal and he talked about Just his. Like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, he talked a lot about his Jewish upbringing and, and he just seemed like, and this just goes to show you. Seemed like a good guy. You don't know till you know. Yeah. And so we had mentioned, uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago when he was arrested for, for domestic abuse and being crushed about it at that time. But of course, when you hear more details, it just gets worse. And I feel like the details around this case are only matched. I mean, Tr- Trevor Bauer details were horrific. These are up there because it's it's repeated incidents. So and it's his wife. Yeah, yeah. And so the reason why we're talking about this right now is because he just a few days ago pled guilty, and at least he pled guilty to domestic assault charges against his wife. And this is um, there were more than a dozen inc- instances between July two thousand eighteen. And July, it, one article I saw said January 2019, and another one said June or July 2019. There's so six months to a year. Yeah, that's still an enormous number of horrific things in a short period of time. I'm yeah, and all those myself. incidents, like I, I can't. I mean, I, I want to mention some things so that you all understand the gravity of it, but I don't want to go into the details because just reading this list of 12 or 13 or whatever it was is just awful. But it involved things like horrible threats against his wife, especially when she was pregnant, and also physical abuse, including something that resulted in her nose getting broken and other, um, you know, stuff that left marks, shall we say. So we'll link to the article if you want to read the details, but I was really upset like beyond upset I was really stressed yeah. out yeah. At, that somebody that somebody could do something like this you know to their partner and somebody who seemed like their on-air personality was such a cool dude he was absolutely someone we would totally go hang out with and have a beer with yep 
And now, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and I think we also uh, mentioned that he was rearrested for violating the uh, whatever the conditions of, of parole because there was a phone call from his phone to his wife and he said it was a pocket dial. But, yeah. you know, who knows? So his lawyer's defense on this, though, is um, that he was had mental illness, that he's not he's a different person now is what he's saying. So at that time, he was mentally ill. He was in a psych ward, I guess, for three weeks after the arrest. And now he's a different person. But I don't know. I don't even know where to go with this besides just feeling really disillusioned. And those things could, in fact, be true. Yeah. That could be true. We don't know. But, oh, my God, this, I'm so, I'm horrified, but also just, like, deeply disappointed. Yeah. Deeply disappointed. And I feel um, fooled. Yeah. I don't like feeling fooled. Yeah. You think, oh, I'm a good good judge of character. I, I can read you. I, I know what you're like. You don't. Yeah. You don't. No, that's so sad. And and I think I I came upon him because he was on the Nerdist um, yeah. network. And, you know, the, the sad irony with that, that was started by Chris Hardwick, who also got taken down because of allegations of abuse. Yeah. So just fuck it. You we know? can guarantee you that's not going to happen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> All right, folks. What you hear is what you get. We are lovely human beings, really. Meet up with us sometime. Oh, my gosh. Hey, so Starlin Castro was officially released by the Nats. He had a 30-game suspension um, instituted by MLB because of violations of the domestic abuse policy. No details were released, and I am okay with that. I'm okay. even more okay yeah. with the fact that the Nats right away said we have zero tolerance as they had to wait until his suspension was done and so we're going to release him and they did good they did exactly what they said and mike rizzo the general manager said this we this and i love this so we do pride ourselves you've heard me say it a million times that you read about our guys in the sports section and not the other sections (laughs) and this time we failed i'm responsible for the players that i put on our roster and on the field hello dodgers hello a lot of people including hello mets may i just say that zach scott the acting gm of the mets was just put on administrative leave for a DUI. They found the police found him asleep at the wheel of his car at four in the morning at an intersection in White Plains, wow. New York. Wait. Yeah. And, and acting GM because Because he replaced Jared Porter, who they fired in January for sending horrible, abusive, nasty texts to female journalists. Yeah. So um okay, this is not how you are a good, responsible GM. Mike Rizzo is, in fact, how you are a responsible GM. So there's that. And just because we can't not say anything about Trevor Bauer's leave being extended, it was, in fact, extended for an eighth time. Eighth. Eighth time. That is crazy. Yeah. And at this point, it's like, you know, a footnote of anything that you look at. You know, we could talk about good guys. Let's how do. about we switch to good guys? I am so excited about Josiah Gray on the Nats, a new pitcher. And not only is he been doing well, but he donated two pairs of his game-used autograph cleats to adopt a minor league player, a, a group that is near and dear to our hearts. So if you are interested 
and bidding on Josiah Gray's cleats. I believe they're up to like 300 bucks a pair now, which seems to be like, you know, that's a fair thing. So you could up that a little bit. The bidding is open until September 6th. Which is the day what after day you're this? listening to this. Oh, damn so, it. You missed out. But you know what? Keep an eye on, mm-hmm. on that website because this happens on a regular basis right. from some really generous players who want to do things to support minor league players. And here are some more minor league players that currently need support. Um, Hurricane Ida, which just ripped up a big swath of the United States, did not leave the state of New Jersey untouched. The yeah. um, TD Bank ballpark uh, flooded on Wednesday and Thursday. That is the home of the Yankees A affiliate, the Somerset Patriots. And but by flooded, I mean like the cars in the players' lot were completely submerged. The water in the bowl of the of the ballpark was super deep, and one of the players said every player and coach lost their vehicle. Wow. Their, all their vehicles were submerged, and their clothes. Uh. They were away. They were actually playing in Akron. Can you imagine also being away and knowing this is happening and not knowing about your your belongings, but yeah. also your friends and family who are home because the community was just was inundated with yeah. with these floodwaters. Um, it did recede on Friday, and um, they had they're still on an away trip. In fact, they were just here playing um, uh, playing the Bay Sox, and they. Their homestand was going to start on Tuesday, the day this drops, um, at uh, with the Hartford Yard Goats, and they've actually moved the first couple games in that series up to Hartford because they're not sure that the ballpark is going to be ready. Can't yet. imagine. And he, the, the ballpark has flooded before. It flooded in 1999 with Hurricane Floyd up mm. about this bad. But my question is: So the adopt a minor leaguer who we just mm-hmm. talked about has a fundraiser. So this yep. this is going to be ongoing to help the guys personally with the things they lost. One of the things they pointed out was if you're a player who doesn't have a big sponsorship deal, you probably have that one pair of cleats. And if you know, you, the ones you're wearing when you're playing in Akron, oh, and maybe your backup ones are in the clubhouse, which got flooded and they're gone now. Yeah. So like when they say everything, they mean like you really lost everything. So Adopted Minor Leaguer is trying to raise funds to divvy up among the guys um, who lost things. But my question is, where the fuck are the Yankees? Yeah. Why haven't the Yankees said, here's a check to replace all of the things that were lost? I don't think it's probably a drop in the bucket. for And the whole reason that all of these, the, the teams were contracted. There are fewer teams. They reorganized things was so that the the major league team, the affiliate, could take better care of the minor league team, have more responsibility and ownership of it. I want I want to see that. I want to see the Yankees saying, this is horrible. This was, you know, whatever it is, whether it's insurance or it's writing a big honking check, I want to see you guys will be made whole. Yep. You and shouldn't have to lose everything of because all, of a natural disaster. Of all teams, the Yankees, I mean, they have money. They could I've heard do that. this. <laughs> I Fuck have it. heard that. Yes, yeah. indeed. Fuck the Yankees. So happy the Orioles beat them. Hey, so we have a um, a policy. Um, our, our, <laughs> our no crying of baseball policy on booing is don't. Right. I mean, I think we make exceptions for, say, domestic abusers. Right. Um, every once in a while, we boo an ump. Yeah, and every once in a while, there's the excessive throwing to first. Yeah, just pitch and that's, the fucking ball, right. that one. Yeah, we but do that, that's about but, it. But that's on the third one or more. That's yeah. not immediately. And um, and it's not direct. That's not really directed at, you know, a player or whatever. So Mets fans are different. That's what, <laughs> now, a lot of Nets, a lot of, you know, a lot of fans in the world are different. Don't feel, they, they're, they're going to boo. 
Yeah. They're going to boo. And it's their right to boo. I think it's a bad form. Do you think it's bad form? I think it's totally bad form. I get pissed off when it happens at Fenway. Like, I'll get pissed off at my own people for yeah. it. I know Philly is really big on booing, and New York is really big on booing. I don't like it. I yeah. don't think it's necessary. I mean, the, the players who are doing badly that you're booing know they're doing badly. Yeah. You, they don't need you to pile on. Absolutely. So, so back to the Mets. Matt, the Mets fans booing a lot. So, Javi Baez, former boyfriend of mine, who um, I saw one report referred to as a short term rental, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, from, from well. the Cubs, uh, when he had successful hits, was doing this like thumbs down um, sign, you know, from base. Would, you know, Teams have their little, you know, inside joke. You know, I'm like stirring the pot. I'm doing this. I'm the baby shark thing. Mm-hmm. And whatever the signals are. Um, and other guys were doing it, too, including also my, my former boyfriend, Francisco Lindor. Um, they have a couple of things in common um, in their their backgrounds, in their flashiness, in their yeah. whatever. They, they fit a specific category of player, which is a category that I enjoy, which is why they're both former boyfriends. And um, they both got... Um, they are, they were doing this, and then Javi was asked straight up by a journalist, "Why do you do that?" Mm-hmm. And he was honest, and he said, "We're tired of getting booze, yeah, and it hurts, and we don't like the booze, and we want the fans to be on our side, so we're just giving a little back when we do. When we do succeed, we're showing you fans what it's like to you know hear that. Which you know, it probably wasn't the most politic thing to say, but it was the truth." And, you know, why can't he have an opinion? Yeah, I was fine with it. I was fine. A lot of people were fine with it. I am pro-Javi. I am pro-Francisco Lindor. Absolutely. I am anti-Sandy Alderson, who said, oh, no, we have zero tolerance for those those gestures. Okay, you've heard us talk about the Mets about five minutes ago, about other things that have happened in their culture. Right. right? They've had, you know, behaving badly towards female journalists. We've had straight up violating the domestic violence policy. We've had falling asleep in a car at 4 a.m. These are things that, you know, we're not going to talk about that much. We're going to just replace the staff. But these guys... Heaven forbid they haven't. They don't like being booed by the yeah. fans. They're not saying you can't do it. They're just saying we don't like it when you do it. Yep. Yep. No, I totally agree. I'm, I'm totally pro player. I mean, what the fuck? They're just showing the fans, like, look, we're doing something right now, and you got to live with it. So Javi, though, you know, he made a poor decision this week with his, did you hear about the earring thing? Yes. So he slid into home and lost an earring that was apparently worth a shit ton of money, like tens of thousands of dollars. And my point as a mom, like you don't send your kid to play sports in their good clothes or jewelry or anything. Like folks, I understand that the, the boys like the bling, but really it's, it's on you, dude. As the mom of an athlete, Every single game started with the umpire saying, you need to take those earrings out. You need to take that bracelet off. You need to take that whatever. They won't let you play in high school or, you know, Little League and all that with that stuff on. So, yeah. So I'm not excited about that. No. There we go. Um, hey, quick prediction check-in, because we do this at the beginning of every month. Um, Potty Mouth is better at this than I am, for darn <laughs> sure. So um, for the American League, the current standings, the leaders in the league are Tampa Bay, Chicago White Sox, and Houston. Potty Mouth had two of the three of those. You had Tampa Bay and the White Sox. I only had the White Sox. I really had Tampa? I you really I, did, I and I, I mocked you. Oh, did you have Toronto? I really think I had Toronto. 
Did you look back or did you I just... I did look back. Huh. I, maybe I just saw the T and I stopped reading. I have a very oh, short attention span. Right. I th- well, I, I love taking credit, but I have a funny feeling all right Toronto. Okay. Well, in that case, we're tied there. And boy, do we suck in the National League because oh, wow. it's Atlanta and Milwaukee and the, the Dodgers Atlanta. tied with San Francisco and we had none of them. Mm. We had none of them. Um, we, we both have a... You know, a fighting chance to to do something in the awards. Um, Tatis Jr. is looking pretty good for MVP in the National League. And um, Ian Anderson, your pick for Rookie of the Year in the National League, is on some lists. Hmm. He's on some lists, as is my guy, uh, Ryan Mountcastle. He is sort of, you know, at the bottom list, like, you know, make it, make it a run for it. That's my American League pick for Rookie of the Year. And I have um, uh, Walter Bueller for Cy Young, and he's at the top of the list right now. Bueller? Bueller. For National League. So we've got a couple in there, but um, I hope you didn't put any money down on things and our choices. Yeah. I mean, but we didn't either because we can't afford that crap. Right. Although I do want to give a little shout out to my Bobby Dahlbeck pick, which seemed pretty bleak for a while, but he got Rookie of the Month, AL Rookie of the Month last month. Yay. So who knows? Who Maybe knows? Bobby, he might have like a big Maybe shiny Bobby. ending. I really do think September is going to make or break some folks. Yeah, we don't have that many games left. We like, really every don't. Every game counts. Every game counts. Yikes. Yikes. All right. Well, Some fun stuff has been happening in New Jersey this weekend besides flooding the Maria Pepe series, which is one of the baseball for all girls baseball activities. And uh, it's happening through Labor Day, September 4th through 6th. And it's hosted by New York Girls Baseball. Now, Maria Pepe, and we've talked about this in past years, but if you don't remember, this is the woman who played for Little League and was actually removed from her team in 1972 for being a girl. And her case was found by National Organization for Women. They backed her. It went up to the New Jersey Superior Court. They ruled, of course, against Little League, who took that sign and made it national. And so now girls, yes, in fact, can play Little League should they so desire. And we have, of course, Baseball for All promoting girls' baseball. And one of the most meaningful things about this series, especially compared to other of the Baseball for All series, is that Maria Pepe is there. Yeah. So there are all these posts. You should go to the Baseball for All Instagram. There are all these posts of girls approaching her and thanking her for making it possible for them to do what they're doing. And that's the part that just made me like super tear up. There was this one video of a girl saying, I'm about to go to middle school and I could be the first girl on my middle school team. And shes it's like she's planning it. She's good. She knows she's going to make it. And she knows that she's breaking that barrier because of the one that came before her. So, yeah, hat tip to Maria Pepe and yay for Baseball for All always. Yay for Baseball for All. So we have – so these firsts like this that happen, we always have some mixed feelings about. It's like – Hooray, I'm glad somebody finally did the thing that they just did, whether it's the coach or it's the first girl on the team or whatever it is. And then we also follow that with, why did it take so freaking long to get there? So here's another one. Brian Ruby, who plays for the Salem-Kaiser Volcanoes, which is in the Independent League. It used to be um, a an affiliate of the Giants, but in the reorganization, they got cut off and became an Independent League, but it's still a professional mm-hmm. baseball league came out as gay, making him the only openly gay active pro baseball player. He joins one NHL player and one NFL player as the only three, the only three openly gay professional 
sports players in the among those leagues, among those major sports in this country. Wow. He um, just came out in a story at the, um, USA Today, an interview in USA Today, and one of the things that he said was, um, you know, and when asked why, why now, what did you do? And he said, I want to help create a world where future generations of baseball players don't have to sacrifice sacrifice authenticity or who they really are to play the game they love. Nice. Nice, right? Um, he There's also in the story a picture of the cleats that he wears all the time, which were a gift from Billy Bean, uh. who is, you know, the, uh, the uh, vice president in MLB. And he uh, made him think, you know, he was like the v- the VP of inclusion for a while. Now, now he's more like an advisor to the commissioner. But what he said was, it's like someone close to the commissioner has my back. Yeah. Well, and for those of you who don't know, Billy Bean came out after playing. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So this is, you know, it's kind of like the Maria Pepe thing. It's like, if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, having, having people stand up and say, hey, this is who I really am, may give other people the little, the, the impetus they need, the little bit of confidence they need. Like if you've, they've been thinking about it, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you did it. I, maybe I can do it. Yeah. Or she did it. Maybe I can do it. So um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But good for you. And good Lord, it's 2021. Right, right. That's why I'm just waiting for the snowball effect because it seems like it's been happening with girls baseball. So it should be happening, you know, with with players being who they are and being supported, not having issues with that. Um, All right, we're wrapping up here. The only international little thing I have for this week is to plan ahead. Caribbean series, I want to go. It's going to be hosted in the Dominican Republic. It's happening at the end of January, January 28th to February 3rd. So keep an eye on that. And that's about it, except for the the Lions and the CPBL. Taiwan are currently in first place, hanging on. And um, my baseball boyfriend there, Lynn Anka, has the flow. He's letting his hair grow. So Excellent. He's, he's working on the QR for like CPBL. I like to hear that. Do you have anything fun going on this week? This week? Shit. Um, not that I can think of going back to work at the end of the week. I don't have baseball next weekend. No. Do you have fun? I do. I have a fun thing on oh. Tuesday. It's a baseball-related thing, but it's not a game. Our um, One of our Washington, D.C. Uh, local theaters is putting on a play called Tony Stone. Nice. And so I get to go see a, a play in an actual theater, which I'm, you know, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. We'll be careful. I can do this. About Tony Stone, who was the first woman to play in the Negro Leagues. And I'm pretty excited about it. And they... The Arena Stage says they're going to do a um, a simulcast later in the month at Nats Park. So we're going to investigate that more, and we might go see some theater from you know from the ballpark too. That sounds like fun. I want. I definitely want to put that one on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you have some fun baseball things to do this week. Um, I hope that includes checking out some past episodes. If you want to um, fact check our stories about <laughs> yes, our boyfriends, and figure do. out when the heck we really did talk about those guys. Um, if you have friends that you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please do let them know about No Crying in Baseball. We would love it if you'd find us on social media. Potty Mouth, where can they do that? Find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. Yay. We hope you've already got your vaccination. Or it's time to start reminding you to get boosters because those are coming oh, up wow. pretty soon. Yeah. Um, please wear your mask. Please be careful of those around you. Protect your friends. Fight the man. For gosh sakes, fight the man. And until next time, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth.
this microphone. Yeah, you tell it. <laughs>